much for coming to me live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Problems of Our Father podcast. We're going to continue where we left off at in Series 2, Episode 12. Series 2, Episode 12. We're going to continue in Series 2, Episode 13. We're just going to continue where we left off at. We're going to come from out of the book of John like we did before, and we're going to deal with what we got. Because this is getting very interesting now, because I'm getting to the place where we're beginning to explain to where the blood of the water and the blood was in existence and what did the water and the blood and the significance of the water and the blood of Jesus that was at the base of the cross that the Roman soldiers pierced him in the side and Jesus and Christ had commanded or promised Jesus that he would come back for him again in John 14, 1 through 6. So in essence, we're going to continue so we can follow along. And I'm going to get right into this and we're going to come from out of the book of John, read 20, and we're going to get right into it. Normally, I go take a, another route, but let's get down with it. How about that? In John chapter 20, it reads, as I always do, Then, the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. Christ said to them, and he stood in the midst, immortality to you. Immortal means that you are no longer mortal. You have been given something to make you immortal. I mean, death does not occur in you any longer. So what he was breathing on them and what he was speaking to them, and he said, as the Father has sent me, I am immortality. I give you. When Christ had said this, he showed him his hands and his side because they was confused. And then decided the disciple was glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. I hope this, this message is resonating with somebody out there. As the Father has sent me. I send you. And when Christ had breathed, and when Christ had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. We explain that this Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or Jesus as the Holy Spirit that was conceived by Mary. This Holy Spirit here is actually is the promise of our Father. He breathed because he had just come from out of the presence of God. And that's where we are going to in this message. Huh? The, 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 the ceremony in the new tomb, part two. The ceremony in the new tomb, part two. He said, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. He said to them, he breathed on them. I came from out of the book of Acts, and I showed you where, where, where he was teaching. Huh? The things to do. And he was teaching the things that he was speaking on about eternal life and the glory of God because he was speaking on things pertaining to the kingdom. And we know that the kingdom of God is found in, in Matthew 17 and in Luke chapter 9 where the transfiguration took place, where the body of Jesus or the face of Jesus was altered into the glory of God in the presence of Moses and Elijah who was in glory to speak to Jesus in the body, huh? the body of Jesus huh? through the power of Christ's spirit and body. He come to speak to Jesus about his death at the cross. Moses and Elijah. 
And the scriptures teaches you that. So you just got to go back and see it. So he didn't come to Christ. If Christ abides forever, he had to come to Jesus as a lamb of God to speak to him. And that's when we make this separation of how we understand that Christ is in us the same way. Christ abides, in, for, abides and lives in us forever, just like he did in the body of Jesus. But Jesus' body went through the same process. Jesus' body was a word. Your body is a word. Your body is the spirit of God. Your body is the seed of God. Your body is the flesh of God. Because God spoke to our fathers and spoke into their system and put the same thing he put in Mary, he put in a man, male and a female. He was able to do that because he was God. So the conception of Mary conceiving Jesus is the same conception that Mary, my mother, could conceive me in through Clarence. Amen? So I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, that this thing is powerful when you began to start reciting or, 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 or rehearsing or, or, or paying attention to what is being spoken because God is doing a lot of speaking and teaching through his son Christ. So my brothers and sisters, without further ado, we're going to get right into it. As the Father has sent me, I send you. But we're going to name this one as the ceremony in the new tomb part two. You got to go back and listen to the ceremony in the new tomb, part one. But I'm going to rehash a little bit just in case you don't get the opportunity and you click on this one and this is the one is where you're at. We're going to give you, I'm going to give you opportunity because I'm going to go back because I'm going to tell you a little bit about the ceremony. We understand in Genesis 1-1 in Genesis 1:26 and 27, God on the sixth day made a man in his image and after his likeness in a male and a female and he breathed himself as the spirit as a man into his own image into the body of the Holy Spirit and Christ that he made from out of Genesis 1-1 the celestial and the terrestrial which is the heavens and the earth. So now we got a body that was made without hands on the sixth day that was made in the image and the likeness of God that had the spirit and the likeness and the spirit and the likeness and the likeness of the spirit and the glory of God inside of it. And he rested. And on the seventh day, he rested. But on the seventh day, the Lord God in Genesis 2, 7 says, and the Lord God created man from the dust of the ground. The Lord God ain't the same person as God. God is God. He's the Lord. But the Lord God is Christ, who God used to, 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 to produce the man from the dust of the ground. God created and made. And actually, you're going to find out Christ created and made as well. By the time we get through with this semantic presentation. So let's get into it. So let's pick up where I left off and say, now the ceremony that is taking place in the new tomb, because we are in the tomb. We're discussing the ceremony in the tomb. The new tomb, this is part two. This is going to just tie in two, so I'm going to rehash on some things I said, and I'm going to go forward from there. Amen? This ceremony that is taking place in the new tomb among the blood of Christ as the high priest and the water and the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus is a phenomenal or highly extraordinary or extra extraordinary particular event that is taking place. We're going to walk through the events, through this extra extraordinary particular event during the ceremony as being, as Christ being the high priest of the house of God even in the new tomb, or even in the grave. Christ has taken the water and the blood of Jesus, and he has to purify the water 
and the blood of Jesus that will be used for the sins of the world. So now we need to understand and comprehend how this event took place. Christ, as the high priest of God, took the water and the blood of Jesus and changed the water and the blood of Jesus and changed it into his spirit and the blood of himself and the spirit as one blood. How? We know this is true. How we know that this is true, because in John 2, 9, Christ's first miracle in the body of Jesus, he says the event in the body of Jesus that took place in the, when he changed the water into wine, huh? Christ being the high priest of God has replicated or repeated or duplicated this same miraculous event in the tomb with the water and the blood of Jesus. Now, Christ has made his blood, the blood of the Holy Spirit, and the water and the blood of Jesus become one blood. Through now changing the water and the blood into his own blood. So he did a miracle just like he did the first. That's why it was the first miracle. Because it was going to be the first miracle, him coming out of the tomb, him going into the tomb. It was the first miracle. So now you got the water and the blood of Jesus. When we read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, and he says that, and, and, and he or she who are overcomers that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So now with him changing the blood of Jesus, the water and the blood of Jesus, Jesus has now become the Son of God. Prior to that, he was the son of Mary. He was the son of Joseph. But now he was the son of man. But now he has become the son of God through this transfusion or through this miraculous event. That's why you become sons in, in, in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. He or she who is led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. Huh? So the spirit of Christ, the spirit of truth, has now witnessed the water and the blood in 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, verse 5 and 6. So now he who came by water, he who came by blood, is now changed by the spirit that witnessed the water and the blood as they three became one. They agreed, they agreed as one. So now Christ has performed this miraculous event. Now they are one because he has taken his blood, transformed just like he took the water and the wine and he changed the water into wine. He has changed the blood of Jesus into his blood through the power of the spirit. You got to know the power of his resurrection, my brothers and sisters. He has changed the blood of Jesus, the water, the water and the blood of Jesus. Man, I get excited when I think about that, which is the blood. And when he changes my, it says that we all have been brought near in Ephesians. So let's go to Ephesians so we can read where, where, where all this took place at. The scriptures tells you everything, my brother. All you got to do is search the scriptures and you might think you might have eternal life. That is why in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 16, it says that we all have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. Huh? And let's not forget, by his own blood, he presented it to God. 
not the blood of a goat, not the blood of an animal. If it was his own blood and he had brought, and he brought the blood of Jesus, he brought the water and the blood of Jesus into the cross because he's promised he would go back and get him again where he was at because the life of the blood is in the flesh. He went and got not the body that was dead on the cross. He went and got the blood that had life in it on the ground because the life that was on the ground when the blood was crying out, just like the, like the life in the blood of Abel in Genesis chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Same process. So whatever God is teaching us, he said, precept upon precept, line upon line. He says, here a little and there a little. He said, if you search the scriptures, you'll find out what I'm speaking about. If you continue to meditate day and night on my word. If you were to listen to somebody who's speaking the truth through the teaching of Christ, because Christ is our teacher out of Matthew 23, 8. Huh? And, the, and God, we all are taught by God. So even Christ had to be taught by God. So therefore, my brothers, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot. If you're listening to these messages and you're following these messages, you're being taught by God. I'm just speaking the words God gave me through the spirit of the teaching of Christ, and I'm giving it back to you. So it ain't me teaching you. Huh? I may have said I'm a master teacher only because my teacher is a master. And I listen and hear what he says. He says, my sheep know my voice. I know my father's voice, and he know me. Because he didn't know if I can believe in eternal life. He knew if a joker like me came across believing in eternal life, there ain't nothing around here can stop me from believing it. I don't care if you do want to die tomorrow. I don't care who you are. If you want to go, I see you and I see you. If you don't think you can live tomorrow and tomorrow's promise and we all have to die, well, go ahead on, joker. Go ahead on. Huh? That ain't my that ain't, that, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I just read to you out of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You ain't going to mess up me. All these years it took me to get him. Oh, no, Joker. You got another thing coming. But anyway, let's get down to the message. I don't want to get into all that old foolishness. Let's get down with the message. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, that's me, man. I'm something else, ain't I? Glory be to God. Y'all just pray for the brother. Pray for the brother, because I need a prayer every now and then. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says that we all been brought near to God by the blood of Christ, who has made both has made both bloods, which is the blood of himself, and the water and the blood of Jesus become one blood to break down the middle wall of separation. Now through the process, huh? Through this process, the law of sin and death and the ordinance has been abolished. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So the blood abolished death, just like it did in, in Exodus. But it was the blood of an animal. How much more the blood of God, the blood of Christ, and the blood that he, that he changed into the, 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 the water and the blood of Jesus that he changed into his own blood. Hey, through the miraculous event in the ceremony in the tomb. How much more to keep the death, the death angel obey? You got to plead the blood of God and the blood. I know we've been taught to plead the blood, blood of Jesus, but even Jesus' blood. See, now you know what blood to pray for. The blood of God and the blood of Christ has to change Jesus' blood in order for Jesus' blood to be God's blood, in order for God's blood to be Christ's blood, in order for Christ's blood to be Jesus. So now Jesus has the blood of Christ. So if you're going to pray in the name of the blood and you're going to pray in the blood, if you're going to call on the blood, call on the blood of Christ, 
Because even Jesus had to get rid of his blood that came. He came through in the body of Mary. So how much more you and I have to change bloods? We need a blood transfusion. And yeah, you got people who don't even believe in the blood transfusion. People like the Jehovah Witness. I'm going to call them out. Yeah, Jehovah Witness. Don't even believe in the blood transfusion. So they're missing the whole point. Because eventually you're going to have to do something with the blood. Because if the life is the flesh and the blood, you read that, that's all you read anyway. The book of Leviticus and try to tell somebody what they can and can't do. And I apologize. No, I don't. I'm saying what I'm saying. You need to get out of that foolishness because you need a blood transfusion, my brothers and sisters. I don't care what denomination you come from. You need a blood. You don't have the blood of God. Even Jesus needed a blood transfusion. Come on. It's telling us right here in the scriptures. Now, let me finish breaking this down. I didn't get mean to get into all that, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> and I mean what I say when I say it, which is the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus become one blood to break down the walls of the middle of the middle wall of separation. So that's where all this stuff is coming from, all these different denominations. He's talking about breaking down the walls of the middle walls of separation. They have a divider in the churches, the Church of Christ and huh, the Jehovah Witness and the Baptists and the Catholics and the Presbyterian, Hindu and Hyundai, you know what kind of call you dry. I don't care what it is, but whatever denomination you fall under, man, let me tell you something, man, Buddha and all this here, you know, I, 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 and if that's what you do, I'm fine with that. But we got to start getting in the righteousness of God, the eternal glory of God through the understanding of what God is speaking to his people in these last days. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of what God is speaking and saying to those, because I ain't afraid to say, I, I, come on, I give you my number all the time. One, I'd give you my number, the hotline, you call the hotline, 678-764-1614. I'm up for, not for debate, I'm up for a mature conversation. Man, I want all of us to have this. I want your children to have it. I want your children's children to have it. It's better than seeing them going with 14, 16-year-olds shooting up one another. So, man, we got to come on one accord and stop being unequally yoked with one another as unbelievers. You're thinking they're talking about somebody outside the church. They're talking about the church you're in. Y'all don't even believe in what y'all believe in because y'all only believe in what y'all believe in because of what y'all taught. Huh? It taught the spirit of error over the spirit of truth. Well, let's continue with the truth. So God has made and said that we have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ, who has made both bloods, which is the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus, become one blood to breaking down the middle walls, the middle walls of separation through the process that the law of sin and death and the ordinance has been abolished and the purpose for this happening with the two bloods becoming one blood is that Christ has created in himself one new man. If the life of the flesh is in the blood, Christ has transformed. He has done the miracle. He has changed the water and the blood of Jesus into the water and the spirit and the blood of himself through the spirit and the power of God. Huh? And there are now one blood, just like he changed the water into wine. In John chapter 2, verse 9. So now he did this for the purpose of reconciling us or the ministry of reconciliation huh, through the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus back unto God. He was bringing us back, reconciling us back unto God in one body, in one new body, through one new blood. 
Now, after the ceremony of the water and the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ has become one blood from the two bloods, Christ has to do something with the body of Jesus that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus has prepared. This is where it gets very interesting. So hang in there and hold on, my brothers. I said this the last time. I'm just reading from what I said the last time because I want to catch you up to where I was. So this is so powerful and heavy. This message will change and renew the spirit of the minds of God's people, the sons and the daughters who hunger and thirst for righteousness in order for us to be where God wants us to be. We got to understand that God wants us to be who he is. And by the time we get to the end of the message, we're going to find out we is who God calls us to be because we is who God is as God, because we are gods and we are the children of the most high God, according to Psalms 82, 6. And Jesus said, and Christ was teaching in Matthews 10, 34, huh? he said that, yep, they are gods. What is to you if we say we are gods? Your scriptures say it is written in the scriptures that they are gods. And the scriptures cannot be broken. So why you get mad when somebody say they are God? If you're going to live according to God, if you're in the image of God, if my son, Dominique and Demetrius, are in the image of me and from my seed, why can't they be who their daddy is? Huh? It's only right. That's his seed. We are the seed of Christ. You are the seed of Christ. As Isaac was, you are the promise. You are the children of the promise. You're the Christ's seed in Abraham. And Isaac was, I mean, Isaac's seed that was in him was the seed of Christ. Isaac was Christ. So he's saying, as Isaac was, as Christ's seed, we are as Christ's seed. And Isaac are the children of the promise. That's all it's referring to. So lest those who thirst and hunger for righteousness shall receive eternal life, my brothers and sisters. So therefore, because Scripture's teaching us, if you and I search the Scriptures, we might think we have eternal life. Hmm? In John 5, 39 and 40. But after understanding and comprehending the message, huh, the message of God in Christ, uh, you will know you have eternal life through God's Son. Amen? I say we all are taught. God said, who will I get to teach the knowledge? In Isaiah 28, who will I get to understand the message? My brothers and sisters, my prayer is that you get to understand this message because he has someone to teach the knowledge. The knowledge of the glory that spread in the earth is being taught. That's what he was teaching in Acts chapter 1, the things pertaining to the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He said, you shall receive the promise of our Father. Luke 49, 24, 49 says, and you shall be endowed with the power of the promise of our Father. That's what he was teaching. So whom will he teach? Whom will you get to teach knowledge? And whom will you get to understand the message? We got to get off this milk. And the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 5, they that are teaching should be taught again the first principles of the oracle of God. So the first principles of the oracle of God found in Genesis 3, 21 and 22. And he says, and they have become like one of us. The first thing he said to them after he dressed them up, cleaned them up from when they sinned. The first principles of the oracle of God. He said they have become like one of us to know the knowledge of the truth, to know the knowledge of good and evil unless they put their hand forward to the tree of eternal life and live forever again. Just read it, my brothers and sisters. That's why I rehearsed the scriptures over. Go back and see. And he said, they that are unskilled in the words of righteousness and they that are unskilled in the words of eternal life, 
they are on milk. Yeah, in Isaiah 28, in verse 9, he says, Whom will he get to be with? Whom will be weaned from off the milk? Whom will be weaned from off the breast? You got to understand something, my brothers and sisters. This message is powerful because he's trying to wean you from off of something. You are unskilled in the words of eternal life. When you go back to Hebrews 5 and read that, he says, we are teachers there. Our teaching need to be taught. I need it to be taught again. Thank you, Father, for taking the time out. Teaching me in, in, in Matthew 23, 8, that you, who is my teacher? When I was teaching and falling behind man, pastor, bishop, and prophets, I was being taught by man, using the word of God. But when I started learning what Christ was teaching, and after Christ said, God commanded me to teach eternal life in John 12, 48 through 50, I said, man, come on. He prayed. His last prayer in John 17 was about eternal life. In John 17, 15, he said, Lord, I don't pray for, uh, for the people of the world. I pray that you take this. Them who have you chosen to die to be, don't you take them from out of the world. I pray that you take them not out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. So whom will he get to teach knowledge, a precept upon priest? And if you understand this teaching that I'm teaching, you know that we're doing line upon line, precept upon precept. All he's doing is tying everything together. Just like I was in Hebrews chapter 5, he said the day that are teaching is be taught again. He said that they that are unskilled in what? They that are unskilled. Look what he says. They that are unskilled in uh, righteousness. Look what he says. Let me find him. He said, for, 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 this is Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need of milk and not solid food. Huh? For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness and in the way of righteousness in Proverbs 12, 28 is eternal life and there is no death. So in the way of understanding what, you are what we are teaching now, you are realizing there is no death in your path if you understand that you are skilled in righteousness. You're skilled in the words of eternal life. Peter says, Father, you have the words of eternal life. He said, look what he says. He says, you're unskilled in the word of eternal life for he or she is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age or matured. That is those who by reason of having their senses exercised to watch this here, bring you back to Genesis, to discern both good and evil. Where did you find the word good and evil at? You find the word good and evil in Genesis 3.21. They have become like one of us to have the knowledge of good and evil unless they put their tree, put their hands out to the tree of eternal life and live again. So if you're unskilled in the word of righteousness, you're unskilled in the words of eternal life. And you are just learning about parables. It is for you and I to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And those who are not being taught the mysteries of the kingdom of God, these are they that is being taught the parables. I used to be a parable teacher. I used to be a parable preacher. I used to be a parable pastor. I used to be a parable, parable, parable. That's all I used to talk about. And they still talking about parable. Man, we got to get down into this real meat, man. 
Man, I got some strong teeth. I got implants now. Them jokers I had before was falling out just like they wanted to. But I went and got me some implants. You wanted to fall out? I took them out. Now I got a stability teeth. Huh? You call them stability teeth. I'd chew anything right now. I'd chew a bone if your bone is strong enough because my teeth is strong enough, brothers. Huh? So now I'm eating good food now because God is using his son Christ to feed me the bread. It ain't nothing like God using his son Christ to get you to break the bread and give you the bread and vanish in your sight. Hey, glory. Come on, I got to get out of that. Man, let me get into the message. So today I wean from off the milk. Now since the water and the blood of Jesus has been made one with the blood of Christ, let us deal with the body of Jesus, which is in the tomb with the high priest of God during the 72 hours. I was going to name this the 72 hours in the tomb, but I named it the ceremony in the tomb. But let's talk about this here, the ceremony that took place 72 hours in the tomb. Let's do this part two. Let's do this here. So now let's go. Huh? Look at the John 20, 21 and 22. So Christ, huh? Christ said to his disciples again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, and Christ breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in the intro and on the last episode, so we're going to continue. After Christ had completed the ceremony of the water and the blood of Jesus, and the blood and the water of him, the blood of himself, making it become one blood from the two bloods by calling the blood and the water of Jesus into the miraculous state of the Spirit and the water and the blood of himself as the Spirit of God gave him the power to do so with the Holy Spirit. Now they have one blood that Christ is going to present. So now something else has to take place. Now we have the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus prepared for him. This next thing that Christ did brings us into the knowledge of the glory of God and we know that God has promised us eternal life and we can live forever and not die. Amen? The next move Christ makes as the high priest of God after the order of Melchizedek is the epitome of the highest degree of God's glory being manifested in us. Christ took the body of Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, and he breathed the blood of himself and the flesh of himself and the bones of himself and the body of himself and that he created and made from the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus. He changed into the spirit and the blood of himself and breathed this new body, huh? this new blood, huh? this new flesh and this new bones into the new body of Jesus that was taken down from the cross. Come on. The new blood of Christ, this new bones of Christ, this new flesh of Christ, the new body of Christ is not actually new as you might suppose. It, it's new to us because the Spirit of God has not revealed himself yet to us. So in essence and in retrospect, Christ breathed the new blood of himself and the new body of himself in the new bones and the new flesh upon the new body of Jesus who was the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the world. I said that Jesus didn't take away the sins of the world. It was the body of God as the Lamb as I told you when he spoke in prophecy when Abraham told Isaac, hey my father he says, my father, my father I see the wood. 
and I see all the sacrifices, but I don't see the I don't see the sacrifice. I don't see I don't see the animal. He says, "My father," she says, "My father will provide a lamb for us." So therefore, he got a ram caught in a thicket, and the ram was not the lamb. The lamb was God that he was talking about in the prophecy to his son Isaac. So Isaac received a ram and the blood of an animal, but we are receiving the blood and the body of God as the Lamb of God. Jesus was just named the Holy Spirit, but the Lamb was always God in the body. So the body that the Lamb is, is actually God as takes away the sins of the world. So my brothers and sisters, before we discuss the resurrection of the new body of Jesus Christ. Now we see and understand that Christ breathed the breath of life into Jesus' new body and he became a living soul. Let's see what happened before in the scriptures. See what happened before in the scriptures. You know where we are going now. So it happened before in Genesis 2, 7. In Genesis 2, we find out there was not a man to till the ground. Hmm? And the Lord God, who is Christ, has not caused it to rain on the earth. That's Genesis 2, 5. And 2, 6 and 7, it says, And the Lord God, who is Christ, because God is rested on the seventh day, has formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. First thing I would like to point out is this. I spoke this before in your hearing. Scripture tells us and teaches us in Genesis 2-5 that there was not a man in the earth to till the ground. But in Genesis 1-26 and 27, God said, let us make man <clears throat> in our image and after our likeness and gave them dominion over all the earth. Then we see that God created a man in his own image and in the image of God. But now in Genesis 2, 5, we see there was not a man formed from the earth. Huh? Yet. But there is a man that has been made and created in God's own image and in the image of God. Come on. You see what I'm saying? So this brings me back to Genesis 2-7 because Genesis 2-7 and Genesis 1-26 ties us and connects us directly back to John 20, 21 and 22 and the ceremony of Christ as the high priest of God who was performing in the tomb with the water and the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus and his own blood as Christ. Come on. So in Genesis 2, 7, we have a body that was formed from the dust of the ground. In John 19, 40, we have the body of Jesus that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus has prepared, was made and became flesh from the world, from, from the world. Huh? The body that they was preparing was the body that was made from the world. But this body was, was formed from the dust of the ground in Genesis 1, 20, uh, Genesis 2, 7. After Christ formed man from the dust of the ground, he breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Now in John 19, verse 39 and 40, while the body of Jesus being prepared for the tomb, Christ was performing the first miracle with the water and the blood in the tomb as the high priest. Then once the body of Jesus was put in the tomb, you now have the picture of Genesis 2-7 where Christ formed man from the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. 
Now Christ had breathed himself as the blood of Christ the blood of the Holy Spirit, the water and the blood of Jesus into the body of Jesus. Come on. So now, just like Christ performed the miracle in Genesis 2-7, he's performing the miracle in the new tomb. My brothers and sisters, this ties into where we are going because this is the solidify what God has been doing all this time. If you are listening to these messages and you are carrying on with us where we are going, you're going to be exposed to God's glory like never before. I'm not trying to separate you from where you're at. I'm trying to separate you from the place, not your location, because your location may not be the place you're supposed to be in, but the place that God calls you, he says, your, the, your foot, the, the place that you're standing on is holy ground. When you're listening to these words of eternal life, the foot and your feet that you're standing on or the place that you're standing on is holy ground. So my brothers and sisters, let's get started and continue where we are going. Then once the body of Jesus he was put in the tomb. You now have the picture of Genesis 2-7. Because now it's just like Genesis 2-7 when the body was laying on the Christ breathed in it. When Christ formed, in the, formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Now Christ has breathed himself as the blood of Christ, the blood of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and the water and the blood of Jesus into the body of Jesus. But this time, the body of Jesus that is in the tomb with Christ and the Holy Spirit is not in the same form or the same flesh as the body that was formed from the dust of the ground. Why? Because the body from the dust of the ground was from the earth. But the body of Jesus that was conceived through the Holy Spirit as the Word of God, huh? We know this, huh? We know that the body <clears throat> of Jesus was conceived through Mary as the Word of God. So therefore, when it was conceived in Mary as the Word of God, we have to go to 1 Corinthians to find out why. In 1 Corinthians 15.45, and so it is written, the first Adam became a living being, and the last man, Adam, who is Christ, in the body of Jesus became a life-giving spirit. Now we see the first Adam came from the earth, and the second Adam came from the eternal spirit of God. Come on. Just like Christ or the Lord God had to breathe upon and into his nostrils, who he formed from the dust of the ground in Genesis 2-7, Christ now, <clears throat> excuse me, as the high priest of God, had to breathe into the nostrils of the body of Jesus while they were in the new tomb during the ceremony of the 72 hours before Christ was raised from the dead in the body of Jesus. But in now, he's in the power of God. Come on. But God raised them from the dead in Romans chapter 8, my brothers and sisters. But God 
who raised them from the dead. You got to get that, my brothers and sisters. Let me see if I can find that and read that for you in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to. Hey, look what the scripture says here. He will give life to huh? your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So God, who raised him from the dead in Acts 3.31, who God, who raised him, come on, from the dead. Huh? So now, both of these bodies, the body that the Lord God or Christ had formed from the dust of the ground and the body of Jesus that was laid in the tomb after being taken and prepared from the cross. Let's see what was breathing to these bodies to make it a living soul and a life-giving spirit. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, my brothers, you got to listen to these messages, although I'm saying a lot of scriptures that re re revisit each other, but you got to listen because they tie into line upon line, precept upon precept. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, when God made a man in his image according to our likeness, this is when God made the body, the flesh, the bones, and the blood of his two sons, Christ, as the Word and the Holy Spirit in his own image, according to his own likeness, from out of Genesis 1-1, or from out of the, the heavens and the earth that we went over, which is the celestial body or the terrestrial bodies. We see in 1 Corinthians 15-39-40, we found out that all flesh is not the same flesh. Then in Genesis 1-27, God took his spirit, his flesh, his bones, his body, and his blood and breathe into the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit as one body that he created and made without hands on the sixth day of creation. Huh? And then he rested on the seventh day and from out of this one body as being God, a man is able to produce a male or female through the power of the Spirit of God that is birthed into the image and the likeness of God's own image. After God made this body of himself as a male and a female that he put into the two bodies and the two bloods of his two sons, Christ and the Holy Spirit, Christ being the holy, Christ being the high priest of God or the Lord God, he find, we find in Genesis 2-7, breathed into the nostrils of man and the man became a living soul. Why? Why did man become a living soul? Because when Christ breathed into the nostrils, the man was considered a living being. But when Christ breathed in the man, the body of God that he created and made from out of his own image and out of his own, out of his own likeness as God, who is the Father, the Word, who is Christ, the Holy Spirit, that one is in that the, the one that bear witness as one in First John 5, 7, because they are bearing witness in heaven. This is a body. 
body that was made without hands from the eternal heavens that we found out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, that there's the, if this earthly tent or this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have another house. We have another building. We have another tabernacle built by God from the eternals that is made without hands. So now these bodies that come through the doors that was shut was built by God hey, from the eternals. Although it was in the tomb for 72 hours, it was built by God. Hey, but God raised them from the dead hey, and gave him immortality to the bodies. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, my brother, this is the body of Christ that as the Lord God breathed into the nostrils and the man became a living soul or a living given or a, li a life-giving spirit. Remember that God rested on the seventh day and the man that the Lord or the God who is Christ formed from the dust of the ground was formed on the seventh day while Christ was resting. So I want you to know that when Christ breathed into the body, that was the man, into his nostrils, that was from the dust of the ground. He was a life-giving spirit. Hmm? He was just a spirit that was actually, let me, let me, let me read that right. Let me, let me say that right. He was not just a life-giving spirit. I want to make sure he was considered a living being. But when he breathed the spirit of God, that was in him as a male and a female, that was in the Holy Spirit in him as a male and a female, as one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the man became a living soul. So you and I don't have the completeness of God until we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when you say, I be baptized, he said, go ye, go ye therefore, in Matthew 28, Verse 19 and 20, go ye therefore and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, you cannot be baptized in Jesus and be baptized in Christ. You have to go through Jesus to get to Christ. Christ have to go through God. Christ have to go through Jesus to get to God. No one can come to the Father except by me. Even Jesus had to go through Christ for the baptism of God. So in John 1, 5, in John chapter, John, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. So the scripture says, whosoever believe that Jesus huh, is the Son of God, is born, as a matter of fact, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, huh, is born of God. But you have to know the process, how he became the Christ, to be born of God. So that is insinuating that we have to be born of God if we know how the process works. So therefore, and furthermore, we are born of God through the Spirit of Christ. Because the spirit of Jesus, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord God, then you are saved. But when you come into the furtherance of who Jesus is, you need the spirit of Christ. So the life-giving spirit comes through the spirit of Christ that God blessed Christ with in the beginning when he made the Lord God produce a man from the dust of the ground. Because now he's producing a body that is made without hands that's going to come through the doors that was shut 
through the ceremony once the ceremony is completed. So the water and the blood of the man had to be changed back into the water and the blood of God through the spirit of Christ that God gave him the power to do so. So God called Christ to change water into wine, but Christ called Jesus' blood to be blood as the spirit of God's body. So now the miraculous event that is taking place all flesh is not the same flesh of men. Because now when he comes through the doors that were shut, he's not Jesus as you suppose. He is Christ. Ah, glory. And the Spirit of God. And even Christ had to go back. He says in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, it is expedient that I go back. Because if I don't go back, he says, the helper won't come. The promise of my father won't come. The spirit of truth won't come. But if I go back, I have to be baptized by God to be born by God to come back as the promise of my father. My brothers and sisters, this stuff is heavy. So now we're dealing with the first day of the week Christ built Christ remember that God rested on the seventh day and the man that the Lord God or who is Christ formed from the dust of the ground was formed on the seventh day while God was resting now we see and have the knowledge of the seventh day or the first day of the week now in conclusion of the matter this sermonic presentation let us go to the book of John where all this happened again on the seventh day while God was resting, or why when all this happened on the first day of the week, which is really the seventh day according to the Jewish calendar. Now I can finally explain about the encounter of the first woman Christ ordained, and the first woman he sent to preach the gospel of Christ and God to his disciples, who, by the way, the majority of them were men who she went to speak to. Amen? So, I want to stop there because I want you to know that Mary Madeline, you go ahead on, girl, with your bad self, that Mary Madeline, she preached the first gospel of the kingdom of God. She preached the first appearance of the glory of God because as the Father has sent me, I send you. Now we're going to deal with why she couldn't cling to him in the next episode because she couldn't cling to him because it was so important that she don't contaminate <laughs> what was the Spirit of God and the promise of our Father. Because he had to go present his own blood through this encounter. But in the meanwhile, he sent Mary Madeline, you go, girl, with your bad self, to preach the gospel. So if you're out there, my sisters,
If you're out there preaching the gospel, you stand on the word of eternal life. You stand on the word of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Let no one cheat you out of your reward. Go on with your bad stuff. She went out there and preached to Peter, Paul, John. She went out there and preached to all those disciples, Mark, Matthew, Luke. She went out there and preached. I glory. My God. She said, my God. Going back to my father, and my father, he has gone back to my father and my God. And he told me to come tell y'all the experience. He sent me. He showed me. He told me. He anointed me. So go on, Mary, with your bad self and preach the word of God. My brother, this is so heavy, and I don't want to get off the subject. So now we got to deal with the encounter of Christ going presenting his own blood back to the Father. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. I want to thank God for what he's doing in the ministry and all what he's doing throughout. We got women and men, pastors, preachers, and teachers all over this world. We got people just late, people just excited about these words of eternal life. And so my brothers and sisters, get them out of that. Tomorrow's not promised and we all have to die. If you could just close your mouth to that in your ministry, watch how powerful you began to start walking in the authority that God has blessed you in. So take away what you don't need. Don't add what you don't need and don't take away huh, what you need because what you need, you don't need to take away. But the things that have been added to us over the years, we don't need needs to be taken away. Because this stuff about we are not going to be here forever, maybe you won't. But God promised somebody else will. Tomorrow is not promised. Maybe you won't see tomorrow. But God promised somebody eternal life, and they will be promised tomorrow. And we all have to die? Maybe you will. And we all have to, in the sense, but the death we die, die we die no more through the Spirit in the body of Jesus Christ. So therefore, if you think we all have to die and you are begging for your reward, you shall get it from out of Romans 6, 23. But there's another reward in 6, 23, because you're waging, you're working, you're laboring for death. Hmm? Because the wages of what you're waging for, tomorrow's not promised. What you're waging, what you're asking for, we all have to die. You're going to receive it. But those who receive the gift of God, <laughs> glory, shall receive the eternal glory of God through the eternal spirit of Christ, through the that was changed through the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ and the blood of God that came through the six-inch doors that was shut. If you operate from out of that gift that God came, see, the gift came through the doors. And he said, hey, Thomas, here I am. In the book of John, I'm going to close. In the book of John, chapter 21, 21, he told the disciples, he says, let me tell you something. What is it to you if John is going to remain until I come back? They tried to say he was going to die. He said, I didn't say he was going to die. I said, what is it to you if he remained until I, why would Christ even mention to the disciples that someone could remain if it wasn't possible that they could? And he corrected them. 
You see, I didn't say they wouldn't die because it's appointed for man wants to die and didn't the judgment. But Christ did the die for the appointment because Christ said that at my return, those who are await upon the eternal salvation at his coming. So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, we got to change our way of thinking. We have to change our language. We have to change what we believe about God because man believes differently about God because he ain't been with God. He's been with man about God. And I'm happy to say it because I was one of those. But when I got with God through his son Christ, my God, my God, my God, glory be to God. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. You can reach us at 678-764-1614-678-764-1614. My brothers and sisters, that is the hotline. But if you want to reach us through email or text, you can text us at the 678 678- 764-1614. You can email us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. And my brother, there's a book on Amazon. Go get the book. Order the book. Go through the book and see what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And may God bless you and your family forever. We love you and we thank you for playing for all our spiritual church leaders out there. We thank you, my brothers and sisters, and continue as God bless you forever. We're going to continue forever blessing you through the ministry. Amen. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen.